On today's show, I was lucky enough to be joined by the wonderful Gemma Ferrer. Originally from Barcelona, Gemma came to Ireland when she was taking a year out of university and hasn't looked back since. Gemma is a BHSI coach and assessor, a HSI and pony club coach currently based in County Tipperary. She specialises in training riders of all levels towards BHS pony club exams and competitions. In this conversation, we covered her newest adventure of going freelance, power of language and the importance of not labelling people. We also discussed how Gemma is using her experience with confidence to help riders perform at their very best. Cannot thank Gemma enough for her open and honesty in this conversation and I really hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Inside Wayne podcast. I'm so delighted to be joined by a dear friend, uh, Gemma Ferris. How are you? Very well, Siobhan. Thanks for having me. Um, you're a performance coach uh, based in Tipperary, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely. Uh, we've known each other uh, for a long time. I'm pretty sure you definitely would have taught me back in um, early, early Pony Club days. So it's so nice to um, sit down with you today, uh, this evening. So tell us all how you got into horses. Um, yeah, I, yeah, perfect. Um, except you're making me feel a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah. So, so I, I, I come uh, from a non-horsey family. Uh, and I, I was born and bred. I'm a city girl. I was born and bred in Barcelona. So... So horses were not in, in, in my life at all. But as a child, I remember having kind of uh, little wooden toys, horses and things like that. So I remember always trying to play with horses. And eventually, I assume I must have been nagging so much that my granny to shut me up. She bought me 10 riding sessions. And, and it's funny, in the, Spain, in the 80s, uh, they already bought packages, so you had to buy 10. So she got me 10 thinking, she's going to sit on a horse, she's going to get fed up, that will be the end of, of her kind of uh, thing about horses. But yeah, that did not happen, so I got into it. And, and yeah, I started riding, but in the Spain, I just went for hacks, for trekking, um, and that was it. So kind of most of my life uh, in Spain, it was just very leisurely riding. So, And then when I was around 19, I went on holidays. Well, I came to, to Ireland on holidays to improve my English and also to improve my riding. I know riding a school or a center in down in here in Tipperary, just 10 minutes from me, I called Crosshawk House. And I realized that there was much more to riding than hacking. So I realized that there was jumping, hunting, racing. So suddenly my world got very, very big. And I, at this stage, I had a very good coach and probably she was kind of the person that in a way she inspired me. Um, she doesn't really know it, but she did. And I learned there was a, a leading leg, diagonals, all that in 19, having ridden for a few years. So after that, I went back home, went to uni. Then uh, that was not really kind of, I didn't enjoy it. So I took a year off 
to come to Ireland to get my BHS exams because I just wanted to work with horses. I didn't know at this stage what I wanted to do, just work with horses. So came, got my exams and basically I'm still here after 20 something years. Oh my God. I love that you came from Spain because on weather like today, uh, we would all love to be going back to Spain. To I know, <laughs> I know. And I've just, I, I was home last week. I came a week ago after just a week at home. It was so lovely, even that the weather wasn't that nice at home time but but no it was nice to have a bit of warmth yes 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 so at what point then you know did you kind of realize you know that you realized that there was like racing hunting and jumping and stuff so at what point was it that you realized you wanted to become a coach I, that's a good question because I never really wanted to teach um, my mum and all her three sisters are teachers, so I swore I would never would teach. And so teaching was not on, on the scene. Uh, I just wanted to work with horses. But I finished my exams in June, my AI. Now I think it's, well, I know it's stage three in complete horsemanship. And then I worked in a, as a groom, as a traveling groom in a transport company the work after the sales stopped so I was let go and then I got a phone call from uh, Bridget working in Grenon College that they needed somebody so in June I had finished my exams and in the following January I was teaching in potential instructors so that and I was also our manager there but part of the job was teaching. So I was really thrown into the deep end. And from there, I started enjoying teaching and during the summers, because a great college closes during the summer, I went pony clubbing. And that was kind of from then the love for coaching started. So it was very much by accident. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that um, you went straight like that into a college because I guess most kind of coaching um, pathways is kind of, you know, you start maybe doing a little bit of freelance on the side and then it builds up and builds up. But I love that you went straight into a college. So did you kind of have a set, um, you know, plan every year, I suppose, um, like modules and stuff to cover with the students at that time? At that time, it was much easier than now because now it's so much paperwork. At that time, we very much went by the, the BHS uh, syllabus. So I end up, funnily enough, a very good at stable management. So kind of that's so I was very, very good. So I end up doing a lot of the stable management uh, and some of well, a good bit of the riding lessons as well. And we just basically follow the the what you call it, the, the BHS syllabus, because that is what people usually want, the BHS exams. So, you know, and then I was there for around three years. And then I left because at this stage, I just wanted to move on. And, and I did a bit of everything at this stage, worked through jumping yards, eventing, hunting, uh, thoroughbred studs, even for a while, I end up in an office 
becoming a recruitment consultant because I pulled muscles. I couldn't do my normal job. So I ended up in working in Equipeople. Uh, so it still was horsey, but it was an office. And I enjoyed it, but it, I had to be outside. So kind of that was part. And I did freelance as well. Just like as I, yeah, as you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that um, that you you kind of you broadened your horizons and you kind of deep dived into loads of different jobs and in different areas. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to do a bit of everything, so I then I would know exactly what I I would like, and I did enjoy the thoroughbred uh, stud. It was linked with Kilmore, so it was very good. But at the same time, I did miss the, the, the riding kind of and the horses and the, and the coaching. Yeah. So that was, yeah. yeah. But it, it's good just to be a good, a good a person in the industry. I think you need to know a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, of course. So when you said that you had kind of missed the coaching and stuff, what was it about coaching that, you know, I've mentioned a few times before that we get this boys and people get their boys from doing different things. So kind of what was it about coaching that you got a boys from? The good one, I, I suppose two things, well, two things or maybe more. One of the things is I like to see the improvement and kind of, and I like to see kind of the horse. And a lot of times with coaching, you you like the pony club kids you see them during the summer then you don't see them for a few months you see them again the following year and they've improved so i like that i also like to to do good for the horses because sometimes people out of ignorance but not not bad ignorance i mean genuine ignorance they might not know that the saddle doesn't fix the horse or that the horse might kind of might have all sorts of something so giving advice and or the rider's position is not helping the horse that also it gives me a bit of kind of of um, pleasure that i might help that horse's life a little bit and and the other is the buzz it's hard to explain you know it yourself but i might be very tired at the end of a, a, a day or a lesson but yet my energy is really really high to the point that some I've um, uh, won definitely, well, during the summer, a lot of lessons are late, but during the winter, I have one lesson that finishes quite late and I have a bit of a drive, but I, a lot of times I really need to, because I'm such a high that I kind of have to go back to earth um, because if not, I wouldn't sleep. So it is kind of, it just gives you a high and, and sometimes if I find somebody that doesn't gives me that high and it dries, draws my energy out, then I won't, I'll try not to teach them. So, because that did happen and probably it happens to you, I say as well. Yeah, yeah. I love that, that um, not only from like a coach in terms of like riding, but like you said about the saddle fitting or, you know, maybe if a horse needs a physio session that you approach coaching from a, a whole you know what I mean it's not just improving the riding that you're improving the horse as well I think that's there's something so lovely about that yeah yeah no and I think in a way you have because you are the person that a lot of people will trust you uh, mm -hmm. a lot so you kind of you have to to tell them give them the, the tips or tell them why don't you have a look at 
at the, your horse's back and things like that. So a lot of times people really trust you. So you have to, to kind of, to help them as much as you can. And yeah. yeah, no, I, it's funny. I do see myself as a team member because riding and, and teaching, you're not just one person, you're a part of a team. Um, yeah, with, with, with like the vet and the fire and it, it's all. Yeah, exactly, team. yeah. Yeah, no, so it's kind of, and now it's getting better. More people can see that it is not just lessons, it's the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. So we then, um, you know, I had known you through Pony Club, but then a few years ago, I got in touch with you about the Cent 10 course. So um, I guess it's kind of another mutual thing between us. So at what point did you kind of realise that you wanted to go down and learn a little bit more about the mindset, mental side of coaching. Uh, that that is kind of uh, it, it. Probably it was because my own personal experience for two reasons. One is I knew if I had did sports psychology or or AP kind of center ten, um, I would understand more my riders and I could help them more because I'm quite good at uh, fixing positions and getting the horses going well but I was missing a link but probably the biggest reason it was myself because I had lost my confidence I had lost my nerve so I nearly stopped riding for nearly 10 years and, and not many people know that so I stopped riding all together I would sit on my old pony um, Barney that is still he's over 30 uh, just sit on him because I could trust him but I would not ride and then I was getting a bit old, duh, and I was thinking, I need to do something. We had a mare that you've met, Dawn, that she, very talented, but she could not jump. So then it's very hard to sell a horse that in Ireland doesn't jump. So I decided I'm going to go back riding. So I read so many books and all that. Um, eventually, I got back riding and very much in under 12 months, I went from basically nearly being terrified on the horse to end up being at the, the Dressage Nationals. Um, so that was kind of a good achievement. But I still didn't understand it. I, I did it for myself, but I didn't understand the ins and outs of it. So then I end up uh, four years ago now joining the Centre 10 for I think I I was in the first group and and that really taught me much more about mindset and all that so that's kind of how I ended up getting big into into kind of the mindset because without it we are not a rider really that's part of being a rider yeah yeah um that's like you know when you said that you, within a year you went from you know not riding and then you were dressage championship that's an incredible achievement and I think it's valuable for you in a way because you can um work off your own experience when it comes to other riders as well you know yeah yeah because a lot of riders a lot of coaches sorry forget that riders have fears and have issues and 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 that and I even found that when I wasn't riding as a coach, I was much more tougher than when I went back riding because then I, I kind of, I felt, oh God, yeah, that horse feels quite a stiff and things like that. So it is, 
yeah, you have a different insight when you know how your rider feels. Um, I kind of as a, yeah. It creates that, it just creates like a more awareness, but it also creates that sense of relatability as well, because oftentimes, you know, we're in our own head and we think it's only happening to us, but I think it's so much power when a coach has said, oh no, this has happened to me. I've gotten nervous. I've lost my confidence or whatever. That sense of relatability is so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And, and it's funny, and it's now you're bringing that, and it's a fine line how much... Because sometimes your riders see you as that person that doesn't do anything wrong. So sometimes giving your vulnerability is positive, but other times it isn't because suddenly they think, oh my God. So I find that with, with riders, I need to be very careful what to say. Um, I don't know if that makes much sense, but... No, it does. Uh, but yeah, but but at least you, I can say I, I know exactly how you feel because I was there and I felt terrified when it was a windy day. I, I in the past on a windy day I would not sit on a horse. Now um, I, I've no problems with it. Yeah, yeah. So kind of working off then like your own experience and I suppose things that you've learned throughout your career and then in Centre Ten as well. What would you say the most important attribute to being a like successful coach would be to you? Hmm. That is a funny one. There is lots of attributes, uh, I suppose. Uh, but I, and I and that's very it can be a very harsh one I, for coaches. But I, I I go by it. Okay, you're as good as your last lesson. And I love that. And, and that is a tough one because some, we don't always give great lessons. Some days it's like, oh, like I could have done it better. But so, so that could be like, it can be a bit um, annoying. But at the same time, if I go by that motto, I know that I have to be good and my lesson has to be the best lesson I can give that day because people are paying and they're giving their time. People now are very, very busy. People have their goals. So if I don't give my best lesson, I can give them that day. Um, that kind of, it's not fair. And, and that's, I think, what's made me a, a good coach, that I, I try to do my best in each lesson. Yeah, It doesn't yeah. always happen, but, but it's try to. Well, I think, like, you know, especially with coaching, um, you know, you're kind of, um, I, you're how do you describe it like you're expelling a lot of uh, energy like outward energy when you're coaching so in order for you mm. to give your best session I suppose how do you manage touching on what you had said earlier that the highs of your energy levels like how do you manage then giving your best lesson and maintaining your energy levels especially now that you had mentioned to me um, before we started recording that you've now gone freelance this year Yes, fully freelancing. So I'm not going to lie. I do lesson plans every day, but I'm not doing the lesson plans that I, I used to do uh, when I had to do the exams. So basically what I have is, and I'm going to now tell you one of my secrets. I have a little notebook. <laughs> that reminds me, I haven't put it in the car yet. I better do that. I have a little notebook with exercises, some flat some jumping because some days my brain is not on mood on kind of it's not inspired 
So at least I'll have a little glance, pick a couple of ideas, because you know horses and people, you might have a plan, but they might not play ball. Uh, so you have to change <laughs> yeah. to plan B or Z. So, but at least if I have a bit of a plan, then I can kind of, I, I, I am structured and then I know what, uh, what to do. Also knowing the venue, it helps sometimes like you don't know it uh, or in Pony Club, you don't know how many pieces of equipment you might have that day if it's a rally. Um, or I have riders that they, at this stage they're riding with dressage and jumping horses and saddles. So you don't know what they are having that day, but you have an idea in your head. And so planning is a big thing. And that's probably planning is the biggest thing. The other thing is, and I know it's a bit silly, but drinking loads and that as a coach, when you're freelancing is a good and a bad thing, but uh, keeping hydrated is very, very important. But then I know uh, also the, the petrol stations where I can stop. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, and eating health as healthy as, as possible. Uh, that's probably, and enjoying the people that I teach, because if not, mm. then the day becomes, yeah, it, it, it's not. Yeah, so that's probably the way kind of I manage to, to keep the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really like like that, a kind of a, um, a whole overview on, you know, not just you as a coach in the arena, when you're a coach in the arena, but also when you're outside of the arena as well, that you're managing yourself to the, to the best of your ability. And in terms of then now that you're going freelance, um, I guess now COVID had kind of forced so many different businesses and stuff and especially now equestrian coaches to go online a little bit more have you planned right now to kind of do a bit more online coaching how do you feel about it do you enjoy it I, well last year a year ago I was uh, thrown into the deep end I was lucky enough that I was still able to teach one-to-one but I, 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 I am very good at doing things on the moment so it was a day must be around right now a year ago or so I was at home it was a frosty day I couldn't write my mail or anything all the kids were in this, uh, at home so well no, I don't have kids it's other people's kids obviously and suddenly I decided <laughs> what best idea to do stable management online and I sent emails to a few pony clubs and it just it got really really busy because parents didn't know what to do with their children and so that got me teaching online for most January and February uh, I mainly I kind of linked the Pony Club exams and the BHS challenge awards so a little bit by chance I end up doing it um, it's funny that's one thing I did find it took a lot of energy out of me so after teaching I would used to do two zoom sessions and after the end of it, I had no energy it's compared to doing like eight lessons face to face. I would have energy. So so now I'm probably going to do uh, a little bit online, but not may, may kind of not too much. And I'm probably going to do it January, February. And what I'm thinking to do a little bit 
it is to, to, to kind of um, probably do something to do with the, the confidence uh, because I'm quite good. I've done, I've got the journey myself with confidence. So I think in a way I, I should do something to help people that are on the situation that they are maybe terrified of competing or riding the horse and so on. So I might do something like that online, but, and it's kind of, it's on the, the, the board, kind of it's getting there. Um, but other than that, I think I'll try to do more face-to-face, -face, except if we get locked down again, then I'll go online, but hopefully I'll keep it to the minimum, the, the online, yeah. 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 Well, hope, hopefully there won't, uh there won't be another another lockdown again but um in terms of then you know you had spoken how you know you had stopped writing for a little while and would you say there are any other challenges that you've ever had to overcome you know as a writer or as a coach because I know you compete um a lot as well uh with Dawn you compete in dressage so had there ever been any challenge you've had to overcome, I suppose, that made you into the coach and writer that you are today? Um, uh, yes, um, probably. And I didn't realise, and that, and that affects me as a writer and as a coach. And, and I didn't realise that till quite recently, kind of, um, it was that as a, as a very young person, I was labeled as a bad rider. Um, and, and I still remember I, it, I was in Spain, somebody from linked with, um, with exams came and she said, oh, as a Spanish person, you'll never get your stage three riding. So that was the first label I got. I didn't realize it. And if anything, she really got me kind of to prove her wrong. And then along my kind of my first years in Ireland, uh, a good bit, a good few people labeled me as a bad rider. And I carried that badge quite proudly in a stupid way. And I believed I was a bad rider. And then I focused on my coaching. So that probably really, it, it made me a very, well, a very, uh, I don't want to say very coach, but it made me a good enough coach. And, and now it's something that I was very lucky. I got an amazing coach in the last few years, uh, Sue Smallman, and she's made me feel that I can do anything. So she kind of, I got a new label, uh, but I, it's funny for a long time, I didn't realize I was carrying that label. Um, it was just, oh, yeah, I'm a bad rider, that's it. And, but as a coach, that's one thing that I will make sure I will not label anybody. And, and I will make people believe that they can do anything. Uh, and that is, I think, I owe it to any rider that I'm, I don't have the right to label anybody. Um, so because that it really, and that's probably one of the challenges. And I'm glad I realized it quite late in life, or glad or not, that I, I didn't realize I was carrying that label. But at the same time, I'm always thinking, what if? I start riding properly 10 years before what I, I've done now. So that's, it's, it's the past is gone. So I kind of, but yeah, sometimes at the back of my mind is, is the power of, of people labeling other people. 
yeah. yeah. I was literally about to say, like, it, it, it's something that we've spoken about a lot, you know, in, like, different Zoom meetings and stuff, the power of language. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's yeah. just it's terrible that the, those coaches label you as that because the impact that that had on you, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's awareness for not only coaches, it's awareness for writers, all um, professions and athletes. Is nobody has the right to label, but also to, I suppose, mind your language and mind your words because you just don't know what's going to stick with somebody. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, and that's one thing that I would like to do a bit more, and uh, with co- younger coaches is to make them realize the power we have. Because I don't think as a coach, when you start coaching, I did not realize the power I had. And sometimes I would have said words to like, not bad words, but, but um, like typical, I remember one and I said it to a girl and I, I will regret it for the rest of my days is I said, you don't deserve that horse. And, and the girl really got upset. And I said it because that was the way we were told to, to coach, like kind of. Uh, uh we were a bit much tougher than what we are now um and kind of and it just as a coach you develop but um sometimes the words are really really powerful and i i think as an older coach and now being a bit involved with kind of younger pony club instructors my job is to to, to teach them well not my job but I think we should teach them those things the power of words and that we coaches are very powerful and I and it sounds a bit we're not very powerful but we can influence young people very very much because I still oh, no, remember I my first oh sorry no sorry no 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 no, no, no I was gonna say no like it's, we are very powerful we have we have a very powerful position because people are coming to us most of the time if they have an issue you know with their horse or you know now I suppose with the growing increase and coaches being aware of the mindset you know if people are a little bit more vulnerable about the mindset and stuff like we do have a very powerful position because people are coming to us with a problem in the first place if that makes sense yeah so not a problem that's the problem it's kind of the wrong yeah. word but I suppose something that they want to work on but no I, do, I I would agree with you in saying that we do have a very powerful position sorry to interrupt <laughs> oh no 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 and it's it's and it's yeah and and sometimes it's also the, the positives because now I've, I'm very good friends of uh, uh, another younger kid in Pony Club became an instructor now we are very good friends and it's funny I remember one day what she told me um, and you don't realize also the positive uh, because in a dressage test, it was a horrible dressage test and the pony and I got off the car and I said something and, and that kind of stuck to, to that person. And it's those little things and I completely had forgotten. Uh, I came out of the car and just said, come on, you're fine, go and do it again and all that. And so we have powerful, uh, yeah, we, we, our influence, and sometimes we don't realize it um, as much as we do. Um, yeah, for good and for bad. Uh, yeah, so. 
Wow, I know there's so much um there's so much knowledge in that for everybody to be aware of the impact you have not only as a coach but I suppose in no matter what profession you have you know and along with you saying I suppose in a way that you kind of mentor those uh, younger up and coming coaches now so what other advice would you have for I suppose up and coming coaches um, that are that are wanting I suppose to be to be in your position uh, the f- yeah no the first thing is if you can get a mentor and it doesn't have to be an official mentor it is it's a friend that you can't talk and when something is goes wrong you can kind of share so kind of trying to find somebody that you can trust is, is very very important keep learning keep learning you never have enough learning then probably review each lesson you do or review or self-reflect and that goes back up to my kind of to my you're as good as your last lesson kind of little bit um and have a plan for your lessons or what you want to teach and also if you have your writers are weekly writers then have um not a plan for each lesson have a and work with them what goal do they want to achieve by the end of the year so that you're progressing and even if you're teaching at camp what do you want to achieve by the end of the week and I think we don't do that enough a lot of instructors uh, we don't have a plan so we just teach random lessons and then we don't see the progression so having a little bit of a progression and and the other thing and I don't know well I kind of uh, my other side of the family is kind of some part of my family are teachers. The other part, it's more they they are all self-employed. So and and the most of my family they've never seen competition as competition, and I think that's also a good thing as a coach. Don't see other coaches as competition because we are all different. See them as um, they, they have different skills. So then we can make the industry better. And I and I remember kind of my dad, he he used to have a well still have a furniture shop and on all his family and cousins. And they by working together, even that they all had their own business, they make the industry kind of stronger um, in a little kind of in a little area. So so it's a bit like that to work with other people. And if I I'm useless at, at showing. I have no idea of showing. So if somebody comes and they said, oh, Gemma, our, one of my clients, next month I want to go to a, a show. Um, and I said, perfect, brilliant. Um, wh- why don't you ring somebody else for a couple of lessons to help you with the coach of the, the showing? Because I don't know anything about it. And so that, to me, it, it is something. And also it puts you peace of mind that, um the other people are not kind of your competition we're all working the same and I think that was also a good as a as a coach if you think oh everybody else is out to get me then life is very tough if you think we're all in the same place and even if I do the exact same as another coach and we all do slightly different things but I might my temperament might not suit that rider and that rider might not suit um, uh, kind of so so in that sense 
And that's also a thing because if we work together, and that's why in Pony Club and all, I have a great relationship with most of the other instructors, and we have fun because um, kind of we, yeah. And, and that also because I, I suppose I also teach um, a lot of people to, for their exams. And that goes a little bit back to one of the questions you asked me earlier what do I get from coaching? Is that coaches that I taught as little people in Pony Club then as help them to become coaches? And now they are coaches and sometimes they might take some because I might have been teaching something and they become they take that spot and I'm delighted because I've helped them there so so that's kind of yeah that's the advice and and keep improving never stop learning hope that all makes sense because I've ranted a little bit but no no that was not like that was what I love the most about that there is for coaches not to feel in competition with other coaches and I think yeah. you know it's a very it's a very exciting time for the coaching industry you know and it's it's you know it's, it's not becoming saturated but you know there's a lot of now kind of well-trained coaches mm -hmm. and the, the way we coach is very different now to how it was maybe like 20 years ago or something and I think it's very um like it, there's enough to go around for everyone and like you say you know you're going to click with some people and you're not going to click with others I love this quote of you know you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea but you're going to be somebody's shot of whiskey you know and exactly. it's just finding, yeah. Yeah. It's finding a coach that not only as a coach finding a rider that you click with but if there's any riders listening to this it's finding a coach that you click with as well you know because it's now a two-way relationship it's not just a one-way thing anymore and it's very like humbling to hear and it's like that you can't live thinking that oh you have to keep up with all of the other yeah. coaches just knowing that you have your place and you work with this this bundle of riders and then the other people are working with the other bundle of riders yeah no it, exactly it, it's yeah and it's it makes life much easier and happier mm. yeah yeah I love that so going forward now in um your year of freelance what are your long-term and your short-term goals for you okay long-term are base very basic in a way it's keep coaching keep learning keep writing um probably uh, eventually not yet but get another nice one or two more little horses and keep going as far as I can go up the ladder riding. And, and that's a bit of a dream goal, but getting into arena would be nice. But that's more like a wish than a goal. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, maybe I have to play the lotto. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of, yeah, it's between a wish and a goal. Uh, nobody's just very much keep doing what I'm doing and, and concentrate more on the riding and, and develop the riding now that I've, I'm not such a bad rider anymore. Um, so that's that's my kind of long-term goals. And then short-term goals is uh, kind of concentrate on my coaching, um, enjoy my riders a little bit more because last two years I know COVID was in the way but I couldn't go to so many competitions with them so hopefully 
kind of see all their process and write more. My mornings uh, are mainly going to be writing, coaching in the afternoons until the, the school term. Then during the summer, uh, it will be all day coaching. Um, I can now, after a long time, take new private clients because for a long time I just couldn't and, and develop a little bit more the confidence side of things because having been there, I think it's something I can give people. And for a long time, I didn't really want to do it. But then it's, it's like you've been there yourself. You know exactly how you're going through. Um, I'm a coach. So, so I, I can see it. I'm a coach. I will, I'm a, I was a, I'm a rider that I lost the confidence. And, and I have on the back of that, uh, the help from Centre 10. So it gave me another skills, hopefully to help those people. So that's, that is, that's kind of my goals. I, and get fitter um, so I can write better. That is, so I'm looking at, at, at myself as the whole thing. And my writers, and I'm, and I think not enough writers doing in, enough fitness work. So yes. yeah, that is yeah. Uh, it's it is something that rider fitness is kind of something that we focus a lot on getting the horses fit. But I don't think I think we're all partly guilty to not getting us yeah. as riders as fit as we probably should be. <laughs> yes, yes. No, we yeah. And there is so much more, and even biomechanics and all that. There is much yeah. more that we can work as a team with all the other experts and yeah so no so that's kind of yeah my short-term goals love that oh well it's gonna be like such an exciting year for you now um you know when you when you get more into riding and you you can like that take on new private clients so before we finish off with uh, a couple of quick fire questions if anybody wants to get in contact with you regarding anything that we've talked about today because you know there's so much in everything that you've said you know life advice coach advice and you know there's so many good little nuggets so if anybody wanted to get in contact with you where can they find you they can find me on facebook under my own name Gemma ferrer f-e-r-r-e-r if i remember well and i have a private page and a business page and also an Instagram, and I think on Instagram, I'm GF Performance Coach, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not very good. At, I'm getting better Instagram, but I, um, yeah, and that's kind of the, the, the easiest ways nowadays to get with in contact with people, yeah. So Lovely. Well, I'll, I'll have it linked in the, in the show notes anyway. Perfect. So just to finish off with a few quick fire questions. Okay. What is... The best piece of advice you've ever gotten? I'll t that's a not one, but I will tell you, it was from my first kind of riding instructor ever. And it was to find a partner uh, that likes horses. And, and I went by it. And yeah, and it kind of, it, it worked quite well. So, because when you are 24 seven with horses, if you're kind of the other half doesn't like horses, it could be a bit difficult. So no, I went by it and I stood by it. And I was given that advice. I think I must've been in my mid teens. 
so oh my god yeah it was an art advice to give a girl but yeah <laughs> <laughs> what does success mean to you uh, success means to 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 have a, a job that you enjoy and and to have the horses kind of that you open the back door and you see them and and that is success to me that yeah my job and my hobby are the same thing so i i don't kind of feel like i'm working except when i get wet that might be the only drawback on a wet day so um what has been your most embarrassing coaching moment or writing moment it could be any uh probably more coaching and that's a hmm that's a good one i'm just thinking well it it was uh, there is i can think of two one is not directly with coaching but i went to england to the bhs convention and then i'll tell you the one to do with more coaching so this when i was it was a long day we left ireland four in the morning and we came back that same day from the uk having gone to an amazing uh, bhs conference and i was going through security in the airport when the times we could fly no problem and a known man in the security asked for my phone so i started rattling my phone number uh, and he, and the other friend that she came with me she started laughing and she said he's not asking you for your phone number he's asking you for your phone um so i would put it through security through the thingy box so that was a bit uh, quite embarrassing uh because, <laughs> yeah i gave an old man my number and he just wanted for me to put the the phone <laughs> through security uh, through the little x-ray uh that was uh, a very embarrassing moment not to do with coaching but to do with bhs and the, the coaching one it's the odd time and it happens to me don't ask me why it has happened a few times that you're teaching a boy and he's riding a gelding and you say good girl so you can't even say uh oh i was say, meant the pony was a good girl and i've done that few times shivon so yeah that is and you can get away when yeah so don't ask me why i just say good girl and and if at least if boys riding a mare you can say oh the pony was brilliant well done johnny <laughs> you yeah. can kind of save yourself a little bit if, yeah. if it's a but, mare you just can't but, save yourself if it's two gelding no gelding and that has and, happened and, to me uh, yeah it has happened a couple of times so now i try to be a very much more uh gender generic yeah <laughs> yeah love that yeah. Uh, no. It has happened to us all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gemma, Sorry. it's always it's always so good when I uh when I get to uh catch up with you and hopefully I will get to see you in person soon. But I really enjoyed exactly. um today's conversation. I definitely think there's so many good um bits of life advice and little um nuggets of knowledge in there so thank you so much for joining me and thanks for having me Siobhan and hopefully we'll yeah we'll catch up soon